Come on, stay standing. And if there's someone in this room, come on, who loves Jesus, put your hands together for Him. We give Him honor and glory and praise. Amen. You all can grab your seats. And uh, it's so good to see your smiling faces here. Virginia Beach, that's where we are right now. I, I, I travel around a lot. Sometimes I get a little bit disorientated. Let me introduce myself. My name is Dan Leanne, and I was born and raised in Melbourne, Australia. That's the reason my voice is this way. My mother and father are Malaysian Chinese. That's the reason my face is this way. Uh, but now I live in Anderson, South Carolina. And that's the reason I drive a truck and have type 2 diabetes. And, and it's, a, it's a real, I really do have diabetes, but I moved to Anderson, South Carolina about five years ago with my family to join the teaching team at a great church called New Spring Church. We have 14 campuses around the state of South Carolina. So if you're looking for a little bit more church and some humidity, come on down to South Carolina. We'd love to host you all. And it's a real honor and privilege to be able to serve the Great Wave Church. You've got to know that I've heard about this place for so many years. Uh, I've crossed paths with Pastor Steve a few times, and I have had so much expectation in my heart uh, about this very moment. You all have some amazing pastors, do you know that? Uh, over the last 25 years, I've spent most of my time traveling around this blue rock God made. Uh, I, was, I was a gospel ninja that was on my business card, have sermon, will travel. And I've seen a lot. My eyes are small, but they're surprisingly strong. And I can tell you definitively, when you see a special God move like this, uh, this is worthy of honor and glory and praise in God's direction, but also a massive round of applause. Come on, for amazing senior pastors. So, Pastor Steve and Sharon are serving Jesus somewhere, like North Carolina, doing something good for the glory of God. But we're going to have some fun this weekend. Is that cool? Everyone say fun. Because I say fun like an Australian. Fun. Because I say fun like an American. Fun. Come on, say fun like my dad. Fun. Awesome. I taught you languages. Was a little bit racist, but I have a really simple word that God put on my heart for you this morning. I got up a little extra early to just press into the heart of Jesus and to ask for a now word. A word that's going to resonate not only in this moment, but will reverberate for many days to come. Now, not just another encouragement that comes from a pulpit, but I was begging God that it would feel like he was clearing his celestial throat and speaking in your direction, leaving you changed. You got to understand, just one word from God can bring dead things back to life. Come on, just one word from God can take the most discouraged person and bring them back into a place of total encouragement. Come on, just one word from God, the most impossible situation can be flipped turned around and you can be walking literally in a miracle. I was begging for a word. And I felt around 6.30 this morning, the Holy Spirit gave me a specific word for the family here at Wave Church, specifically Great Neck. I know that we have our online campus. I know that the Seaboard campus is in right now. And I just want you to, to receive this word, not from an Asian guy who came from Australia via South Carolina, but from your creator, your maker, and your friend, King Jesus. And here's the word. I believe that God wants to take some time this morning to restore someone's joy. To restore someone's joy. I felt him say this morning that you've lost your confidence. Your laughter has been turned down. Your smile has disappeared. 
But this morning was a heavenly setup to cross paths with your journey and to see your joy restored. God wants to send a rushing wind into this room. God wants to send a rushing wind into whatever room you're watching this if you are online. God wants to send a a rushing wind into the Seaboard campus and it's going to wash out the stale smell of negativity and fear and he wants to reignite fires of joy and hope. I believe that God is speaking joy back into your homes. God's speaking joy back into your marriages. God is speaking joy back into your work. Come on, God is speaking joy back into these gatherings. God is restoring your joy. So that's the simple plan this morning. We're going to get around that word. I'm going to believe that as we knit faith together and we receive a word from heaven, come on, we're going to be left changed. And if you came in here lacking joy, you're going to walk away with restored joy. If you came here feeling like a 2 out of 10 in the whole joy realm, you're leaving here 9 out of 10 in the joy realm. You're going to hit cracker barrel after this. This is going to take you all the way to a 10. This morning is a setup. God is restoring your joy. Is that cool? Now you've got to pay attention. We're going to go quick. All right, we got one service. I only found that out about 15 minutes ago. I thought we were going to have two runs at this. So I've had a really big breakfast. I had a double coffee, so I'm going to like release it all in this kind of environment. So I'm high energy right now. But in the few minutes we have together, I'm believing in the name of Jesus that someone, come on, is walking away with restored joy. Let me pray, and we're going to jump into it. Dear Jesus, help. Amen. God wants to restore your joy. Hey, joy is a hard word to define. Now, you can reflect on the concept of joy, and and you can go to the Hebrew and the Greek and extrapolate a definition that centers around an inner strength and inner lightness and inner gladness. But the reality is, Joy as a concept is hard to fully explain. But everyone in this room knows joy when they see it. Everyone can tell if someone is overflowing with joy. Everyone in this room knows what it's like to have a lot of joy in their lives and it marks everything about their days. Unfortunately, there are way too many people even in this room or watching online right now who know what it's like to have had joy and to be losing it. I had more joy in this moment, but I feel like I've got less joy right now. Sadly, there are way too many people in this room and watching online who know what it's like to have had joy, but to have lost it. And you know you've lost something. Over the last couple of years, you've lost that pep in your step. Come on, that smile on your dial. You know that something is off. People are, are making that observation. Hey, hey are, you all right? are you all right? Is everything okay? And you smile and you lie. Yeah, yeah, I'm good. But you know you've lost your joy. 
And it's important for us, dare I say, imperative for us as a faith community to be real about that question. How are you going with your joy? Because God designed you in such a way to operate off joy. That's the reason in the book of Nehemiah chapter 8 and verse 10, it says, For the joy of the Lord is my strength. We were designed in such a way to operate off joy, and you felt it before. When you have joy in your life, when you have fuel in your life, when you have strength in your life, you can just deal with your days. It's amazing how that work day goes quicker when you've got joy. It's amazing how that disagreement ends quicker when you've got joy. It's amazing how quick you forgive, how fast you let someone you love off the hook when you've got joy. It's amazing how you look at the bright side of life and you walk in faith and in confidence when you have joy because God designed you in such a way to run off joy. It is fuel for your soul. Flip it. Way too many of you all know what it's like to try to do life without joy. Marriage is hard without joy. Parenting is nearly impossible without joy. Work is a grind without joy. Relationships fragment without joy. So God made us in such a way to thrive, to power forward full of joy. But we have a problem. We as a humanity are knit together by this common thread. We have all been through a season over the last couple of years where we have burnt through our joy supplies at an unprecedented rate. There is so much in this world. There is so much in society. There is so much in our homes. There's so much even in our mental spaces that have robbed us of joy. I never heard the word pandemic before. I never heard the word quarantine before. I've never reflected on a virus. I've never worn a face mask. I've never been told I can't go within six feet of somebody. I've never been told, hey Dan, fist bumps only. I've never been told how much toilet paper I'm gonna use in any particular sitting. You know what I'm saying? I've never gone through this. You've never gone through this. And it's affected Come on, our joy. So Houston and Virginia Beach, we have a problem. You were designed in such a way to thrive, overflowing with joy. Joy is fuel for your soul. There's no mountain you can't climb, no problem you can't solve, no issue that you can't resolve when you are overflowing with joy. But we are all in the same boat together all of us are running low on joy. Haven't you felt it in the earth? Come on, let's be real right now. Have you been to an airport lately? It feels like the world is just grumpy and dry. It feels like everyone can tell a story from this week of someone who lost their temper. You saw frustration overflow. Some of you all have to tell the story of how you lost your temper and you saw your frustration overflow. Houston and Virginia Beach, we have a problem. You need joy to power through in life. To enjoy this technicolor adventure that God designed you to enjoy. But many of us are running low on joy. 
So let's be real. How are you going with your joy right now? If there was like a, a fuel gauge on your chest, you know, like F for full, E for empty, a little light showing that you're running really, really low, what would your joy gauge read? Just out of curiosity, when you're driving around and your fuel gauge does run low and that light does go off, what do you do? Do you do what my wife does as a smart, insightful, intelligent human being and see that as an indicator that you need to pull over, find yourself a gas station and fill up? Or do you do what I do? See it as the beginning of the game. <laughs> like how many more miles can I squeeze out of this tank? You know what I'm saying? The computer telling me 50 miles. I'm telling you, at least 150 miles in this thing. If I drive really conservatively up the hills, if I take my foot off the accelerator going down the hills, I might be able to drive another 200 miles. And I'm definitely not pulling over for gas until I see gas drop below, like $5 a gallon, you know what I'm saying? What do you do when you see that low joy light go off in your soul? You paint on a smile and keep on faking it? Do you keep on pressing on in life and just damaging people around you? Do you just resolve yourself to the fact it is what it is and just endure life? Or do you turn to the one who promises in Psalm 51 to restore your joy? Come on. And that's what this morning was. A heavenly setup for you to come across the one who is the king of restoring joy. Come on, Chip and Joanna ain't got nothing on my king. He's in the business of restoring joy. So here's the question, how? Okay, big Asian guy who obviously does a lot of upper body work in the gym, but not as much on his lower body. How <laughs> do I see my joy restored? Well, there are three practices that I believe that if we engage in, we will find ourselves with more and more joy every time we engage in them. Just three truths from the scriptures that if we would take as truths and ask the Holy Spirit to work by His grace through our lives, we will see, come on, more and more joy come back into our lives. Come on, more and more joy back into your marriage. Come on, more and more joy back into your family. Come on, more and more joy into your home. Come on, more and more joy in your street and neighborhood. Come on, more and more joy in your school. Come on, more and more joy even as we gather on a, nine, a 10 a.m. service. More joy. If you're taking down notes, I want you to pull out your leather-bound journals and your pens right now. Uh, an old mentor of mine used to tell me that a blunt pencil is more effective than a sharp mind in remembering the things that God whispers to you about. I'm not telling you you need to take notes to get into heaven. I'm just saying, why take a chance? You know what I'm saying? Like, it could be like an open book test at the end. I'm messing around. That's not true at all. But I want you to scribble these three things down. If you have a, an iPhone or an iPad, you can open up the note app and thank the Lord Jesus for Steve Jobs as you do so. That's a wonderful piece of technology you have right there. Just three points. If you have a Google device or one of those Samsung devices, you can put it away. I've got nothing for you from this point on in the message. 
because you mess up our group texts. You know what I'm saying? You turn the blue bubble into the green bubble, and I don't even know what the green bubble means, but I just know that I don't, I'm not vibing with the green bubble, and it's your fault. I'm messing around. <laughs> These are three things that I believe we all get to engage in starting right now. If you know you need your joy restored. So how is my joy restored? Where does it come from? First and foremost, our joy is restored in the presence of Jesus. Our joy is restored in the presence of Jesus. That's the reason in the book of Galatians chapter 5, the apostle Paul carried by the Spirit is declaring, hey, the fruit of the Spirit. And don't get it twisted. The Spirit isn't some kind of mystical, invisible force that flows into a worship setting when the lights are dim and they're playing minor chords during the slow songs. No, the Holy Spirit is just Jesus with us every day. It is the promise of the Father fulfilled at Pentecost. Jesus is with you today by the Holy Spirit like he was with the disciples in a physical sense 2,000 years ago. And when you hang out with the Holy Spirit, you know what happens? More joy. The fruit of the Spirit is more love. Come on, it's more joy. Come on, smile. That's really good news. That means no matter how dark the night, no matter how deep the hole, no matter how frustrating the situation, right now you can experience more joy if you would prioritize more of His presence. Wow, that's really cool. Come on, smile. That's good news. That, 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 that means that your, your circumstances don't dictate your joy. Your personality doesn't dictate your joy. Some of you guys think that the joy in your journey will be totally dictated by the kind of personality you were born with. There are some people who are saying, you know what, Dan, I'm just not a very joyful kind of person. You know what I'm saying? I was just raised by a couple of really mean parents, and I was just brought up this way. Even my blood type is negative, you know what I'm saying? I'm out here, and it's... Glass half empty kind of situation. Not only is the glass half empty when all the water's gone, I've got to wash the glass after that. And just life is terrible and life is hard. I was just born looking this way with RBF. You know what RBF is? Like resting bitter face. And, and you go, and you know what I'm saying? Like this is the way that I am. you got a personality, true. But the joy in your life isn't dictated by your personality. The joy in your life is dictated by how much of the person, Jesus Christ, you experience in your journey. And whether you're a naturally kind of upbeat kind of person or a naturally introverted kind of person, you both bear the same invitation. Hey, you can have as much of Jesus' presence as you want. Come on, more Jesus, more joy. Come on, prioritize His presence. That's the reason hanging out with him is the most important thing you can do at the beginning of each day. Come on, before you open up your Facebook, come on, seek his face. Come on, before you start hearing the bad news from your news feed, hear the good news from his feed, come on, enjoy his presence, more joy. Come on, smile, that's really good news. It means that the joy in your journey isn't dictated by your circumstances. 
That's the difference between happiness and joy. See, happiness is that high feeling you get when something goes your way. That's where the word happiness comes from. When things happen in your favor, you feel this high. If things don't go your way, then you feel low. That's the reason when you know, money stuff is going good, you're going happy, happy, happy. When the money stuff is going bad, it's sad, sad, sad. When you're doing well at your job, come on, happy, happy, happy. Your, your boss is getting on you, sad, sad, sad. You know, like, you know, what, what, what kind of sporting teams do we like around here? Like the Washington Commanders, we have UVA, we've got VT or whatever. You know, your sporting team is going, you know, good, happy, happy, happy. Your, your sporting team is going like most Virginia sporting teams, bad, you know, they're sad, sad. Look at that, an Asian guy comes into your house and makes fun of your sporting teams. God bless America, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what I'm saying is that happiness is a feeling that comes and goes based on outside in situations. Joy is different. Joy is not outside in, it's inside out. That means money stuff going good, money stuff going bad, it doesn't make a difference. I got Jesus, come on, I got joy. Come on, health stuff going good, health stuff going bad. Hey, I've got Jesus. Come on, I got joy. Come on, family stuff, we just killing it. Hey, family stuff, it's killing me. Come on, I got Jesus, I've got joy. Come on, smile, this is good news. More Jesus, more joy. I love it. It's a fruit of hanging out with your friend, King Jesus. Every single time. That means you can't fake it. If you pulled up into the parking lot and you forced yourself to smile and got out of your car to come in, that's not joy. You can't fake joy. Come on, you can't force joy. Go into the mirror, come on, be the joy man. Because <laughs> you can't force it. You can't fake it, you can't force it, you can only fruit it. And that's the reason you got to hang out with Jesus. That's the reason spending time worshiping him is so important. Because he presences himself in the middle of that praise. That's the reason getting along to church or taking some time out of your week to jump online is so important. Because when you knit faith with people, that's where you feel Jesus in a special way. And side note, I want to tell my online family, we love you so much. I hope you're enjoying your coffee this morning and your little croissant. I, I, I love it, but there's something different about, if you can, making it into a building. Because when two or three people get together in person, I believe that you experience Jesus again in a deeper dimension. Come on. Prioritize his presence. Get more joy. Amen? Point number two, joy not only comes from his presence, joy also comes from perspective. That's the reason the Bible says in the book of James to consider it pure joy when you go through trials of many kinds. Or in other words, Pastor James is going, you're going to go through some stuff. We're going to go through some stuff. But we get a decision to make. How will we consider this? How are we going to view this? How are we going to process through this? What kind of perspective will we have? And based on your perspective, you'll either find pure joy in a dark time, 
or no joy in a desperate moment. It's all based on your perspective. Specifically, I want to challenge you regarding your perspective and whether or not it's a lens of gratitude or a lens of grumbling through which you look. Because based on the lens through which you look, the perspective which you take, you're either going to see joy bloom in your journey or bust in your days. It's your perspective. Gratitude or grumbling, grumbling or gratitude. Let me give you an example from the last two hours of your life. Okay? Looked through two different perspectives. Grumbling and gratitude, gratitude or grumbling. The last two hours of your life through the lens of grumbling. All right, it's Sunday morning. It's a nice day outside. It's not too hot. It'll be a great day to get out into the golf course, pull the boat out and have a little bit of a fish, but it's Sunday. So I've got to go along to church today because it's Sunday and if I, this will be the one week that I miss and that'll be the week that Jesus comes back. So I'm not going to I'm not going to miss it, so all right, I've got to get ready. And I didn't sleep good last night, you know what I'm saying? I'm at that age where I wake, wake up in the morning with an injury that I didn't go to sleep with, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> got a bad back. Just got a bad back this morning, and I suppose I've got to go to church. So here I am, I need a little bit of breakfast before I go to church. So I've got myself a bowl of cinnamon toast crunch, and I just feel like a little bit of cow milk to put on my cinnamon toast crunch but someone drank all the cow milk all the cow milk is gone god gave us the cow to provide milk for my cinnamon toast crunch and there's no what's this almond milk stuff what kind of weird hippie from california invented this cow mi- keep this almond milk stuff out of the great state of virginia so here i am i'm driving along to church this morning and there's traffic everywhere Why is there traffic everywhere? I remember back in the good old days when I could drive around here and just get from point A through to point B and I didn't need a pack of lunch because there is now traffic everywhere. And now I get to church and there's way too many people in the parking lot. I'm here in the parking lot and I'm walking through the parking lot and people are saying good morning to me. Is it? Is it really a good morning? Why are you assuming that I've had a good morning? Nothing annoys me more than someone assuming that I'm having a... And now I walk up to the front doors, and to cap it all off, there's a man opening the door for me with a big smile on his face. I don't trust men that I don't know smiling this big early in the morning. I get into the building right now, and lo and behold, as if my morning couldn't get any worse, someone's sitting in my seat. Don't they know that's my seat? I've been coming here since the early days of Wave Church. The building was pinkish purpley back then and that was always been my seat. I've given money for years and that's my seat. And now we're singing these songs and I don't like these songs. You know why? They don't come directly from the book of Psalms. I don't read the book of Psalms, but I want all the songs to come from the book of Psalms. And now I've got a random Chinese guy Never heard of him, don't like him. And he's yelling at me. Can you feel, come on, the joy. Leave the room. When you live life that way. And some of you all did. Just imagine your life over the last two hours. Come on, 
through a different lens. And it's the lens of gratitude. Come on, it's the perspective of praise and thanks. And I wake up in the morning, praise God for another Sunday. This is the day that the Lord has made and I'm going to rejoice in it. Oh, I didn't sleep good last night. I've got a bad back, but that's all good. A bad back in the morning just reminds me that I didn't die in my sleep. And I get to go along to church this morning, and I live in a free country where I get to make that decision of whether or not I want to come along to the house of God. But first, I need some breakfast, and here I am. I'm trying to have some cinnamon toast crunch, and someone drank all the cow milk, but I've got almond milk. Praise God for almond milk. Someone worked out where the udders are on those almonds and milked those little things, and now I've got almond milk and I'm driving along to church this morning and there's traffic everywhere praise God for traffic because traffic is just reminding us that the world is getting back to normal and I get here to the parking lot and everyone's smiling I get here to the front door someone got here early on a Sunday morning to warm up this environment so that I could have faith in my heart praise God for volunteers who are here early in the morning and I get here into the building and there's someone sitting in my seat. Yes, someone is sitting in my seat. That means someone who doesn't usually come along to church came to church this morning and is sitting in my seat because everyone who usually comes knows that's my seat. And we're praising Jesus and we're singing songs. And man, David's looking good this morning. You know what I'm saying? David's such a good looking worship leader. And man, he's put together just right. And I just love the fact that we're singing and we're worshiping and we're having a great time. And now there's a Chinese guy and he's yelling at me. And I don't understand the word he's saying, but I like his energy, man. I like his energy. Come on, can you feel the difference? Do that tomorrow. Instead of grumbling. Come on, do that on Wednesday instead of worrying. Come on, do that next Friday instead of getting down on your kids. Practice gratitude and I promise you, you'll never be lacking joy. Become an expert in giving glory to Jesus for every good thing. Come on, I got breath in my lungs. I've got a God on my side. I got a roof over my head. I got a little bit of food in my belly. I got some gas in my tank. I've got some friends around me. I've got a family by my side. I've got a job I get to go to. I got a church that I'm a part of. Come on. When you are grateful, when you have that perspective, you're never lacking joy. Joy comes from his presence. Joy comes from perspective. And finally, joy comes from persevering. The Bible promises that if you don't quit but keep on trusting in Him, if you don't smack His hand away in the middle of dark times but you run closer to Him, you'll be filled with more joy. That's the reason in Romans chapter 15 and verse 13, the Bible tells us, hey, may the God of hope can you just remember that? That he's the God of hope. He's not the God of division. He's not the God of frustration. He's definitely not the God of fear. Come on, he's not the God of crippling anxiety. He's not the God of judgment and meanness. He's not the God of, hey, you made your bed now, you need to lie in it. No, he is the God of hope. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace. Come on, everyone say all joy. Yeah. 
Come on, like an Australian, all joy. Come on, like an American, all joy. Come on, like my dad, all joy. May the God of hope refill your tank with joy and peace. Catch it here. As you trust in him. And if you keep on reading that verse, it says, so that you may overflow with hope and joy to everyone around you. Can I just make this comment? It has never been as important for the church of Jesus Christ to be filled with and overflowing with joy. Because we live in a dry world. We live in an angry society. Come on, we live in a desperate and divided culture. I'm just saying right now that joy right now is the greatest apologetic. You can try to tell your work friends and your, or your school mates or your neighbors that, hey, Jesus is alive, Jesus is alive, you've got to trust in Jesus, but it's just words that will fall to the ground. But when you have a supernatural, miraculous, restored joy bubbling deep in your spirit, they're going to say, wow, there's something about him that's so different. I don't know what it is, but whatever he's having, I need it. You know what I'm saying? We have an opportunity right now. Come on, like never before. You want to have a successful water business set up in the desert? And if we could overflow with joy right now to the people around us, I think that we as a church could make an impact like we haven't made in many years. It's my game plan going forward. I've just made it a point. So 46 years of age, I've been traveling and speaking about Jesus for 25 years. And I don't really care about the speaking that much anymore. Because here's the deal. In about an hour's time, you're going to be hanging out at Cracker Barrel because I kind of subliminally put it into your brain. And you'll be hanging out. Oh, that Dan, that, what's his last name again? That Dan Lee, that, that Lee Yang, that Yang. What, what was his name again? I don't know what it was. And then about two days' time, you're going to forget this message. But you're not going to forget how you felt. And so I just made it a point that beyond the words I preach, I want to bring more joy, come on, into every room that I'm in. Come on, would you do that as well? Come on, when you get here on a Sunday morning, would you make a decision? I'm not going to be a thermometer reflecting the joy in the room. I'm going to be a thermostat. I'm going to turn the joy all the way up in this room. Come on, in your homes. Hey, babe, I'm not trying to, let you, I'm not trying to tell you that we don't have stresses, we don't have problems. I'm just trying to say that we're going to have joy from the inside out in every stress and in every problem. Come on, we are going to overflow this joy to everyone around us. Yeah, okay? But the Bible says that you get this joy when you persevere, when you trust in Him. That's the promise. I'm not going to run away. I'm going to run to him. I'm not going to grip harder and try to do this. I'm going to surrender deeper and beg you to do something. And the Bible says, as you do that, you get all joy and all peace. I'm just here to testify that I needed that. Because at the start of 22... Your buddy Dan Leanne was running pretty low on joy. I've always been like an energetic, upbeat, positive kind of person. That's my personality. I don't know what it was. I don't know if it was my mother. My mother never like kind of breastfed me. She gave me like Red Bull. I don't know what it was, but 
something happened that made me this way. Pray for my wife, you know what I'm saying? But my eyes were focused on so many things going on in the world. As a pastor trying to find lost sheep who have wandered off again over the last couple of years, as a communicator trying to preach truth when no one really believes there is an up or a down or a true or a false anymore. It was so frustrating. My eyes were so filled with so many things and I lost track on my friend Jesus who was smiling and applauding the whole time. I came in just so low on joy. I'm like straight barefaced lying to everyone around me. Because I'd be sitting in meetings feeling overwhelmed with anxiety. I would find myself trying to hype myself up before preaching, knowing the night before I had a panic attack. And people were asking me, hey, Dan, you're, you're not yourself. And I'm saying, hey, you know, it's just, a, it's just I haven't been sleeping good and it's been a really busy kind of week, but I know that I was lacking joy. I got COVID at the end of 2020. I got COVID again at the end of 21. It was not like that cool kind of teenage COVID. Like, you know what, Dan? I kind of lost my taste and smell for like two days. Went to sleep. I had a great sleep. I feel great again. I'm talking like old man thought I was going to die. Get your affairs in order kind of COVID. So it just rattled me. 21 annoyed me. Because everyone told me that 21 was the year of the comeback and everything was going to be restored and renewed. And 21 was more frustrating than 2020 because people were just disappointed all year long. You add to that, all my family still live in Melbourne, Australia. And Melbourne, Australia went through the harshest and longest lockdown anywhere on planet Earth. They only came out of lockdown about September last year. So I spent the whole year FaceTiming with my mother and father every day trying to keep their spirits up and their hope alive. But every single day I would have to hang up knowing that my father was getting angrier and angrier as my mother was getting grayer and grayer. So here I am in January 22, and I'm just frustrated. I'm annoyed. I remember it was the first Saturday of 22. I had to teach the morning after, and I got up in the middle of the night to go to the bathroom because I'm over 40. I got to go at least three times. And I get halfway to the bathroom, and I just collapse. And it wasn't anything like medical, it was just, I was so overwhelmed with tiredness and dread. My knees buckled and I found myself lying on the ground. So I start to sob and my beautiful wife of 24 years quietly jumps out of bed and all she does is she lays beside me on the ground. She feels around and she finds my hand. And that scripture, Romans 15, 13, came to mind. So with the little bit of energy that I had, we held hands and we just lifted it up in the air a little bit. And I just begged God, hey, you know what? You're the God of hope. So fill me again with joy and peace. I'm making a decision now to trust in you. I'm just here to testify. On that Saturday night, it felt like a lightning bolt from heaven came down and hit my hand. 
It flowed down my arm. It found my heart. And it reshocked something back into activity. And over the last six or seven months, I can just testify to a renewed, restored, come on, revived, and now growing joy in my life. What you're seeing here today is the result of someone who's saying, you know what? I'm not going to get angry. I'm going to stay soft and supple before the Holy Spirit. Hey, come on, there's a lot of fearful things going on in the world. I'm not batting down the hatches, closing the windows, or bolting the doors. No, I am going to, with total faith, walk into the darkness knowing that my little light is stronger than any darkness in the world. I trust in you. And as you do that, you get filled with more joy. Everyone say joy. It's as you trust in Him. So my time is done. There's a countdown clock up here. There's a trap door over here. So all I want to do as we wrap up our time is do two simple things. Number one, I wanted to give an opportunity to someone in this room watching online to simply say yes to Jesus. Because over the last 33 minutes, you've been saying to yourself, hey, I need this joy. I want to hang out with Jesus, but I don't think I've ever hung out with Jesus. I got a lot of religion. I, I try to do good and be good and be seen as good, but I don't have a friendship with Jesus. My friends, I'm just here to let you know that's all Christianity is. Here is a friendship with Jesus that got started through the love of a father and will be brought to completion by the power of the Spirit. Christianity isn't about rules or regulations. It's not about jumping through religious hoops or clearing legalistic bars. It's about recognizing that God loves you and comes to find you exactly where you are. And he'll knock at your heart's door because he wants you to open that door. Unless you open it, it's called break and enter. But if you open it, it's called friendship forever. And so with every eye closed and every head bowed and no one looking around, if you're watching online and you're driving right now, keep your eyes open. But if you're saying right now, Dan, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I've got some religion. I've got some rules. But I don't have a friendship that got started through faith. I'd love to lead you in a prayer that heaven will hear. And I promise you, will change not only your eternity, but it will change your life today. So with every eye closed and no one looking around, if you're saying, Dan, I just want to simply say yes to this God who I've felt knock at my heart's door over the last 35 minutes. If that's you, when I count to three, I want you to lift your hand where you are. Give me a wave. I'm going to lead you in a prayer, and it's changing everything. Come on, this morning, if you want to say yes to a friendship with Jesus, 
When I count to three, lift your hand. Are you ready? One, two, three. Just lift your hand. Keep them lifted. Wow, hands up everywhere. Online decisions happening as well. Wow. With your hand lifted, would you just say this prayer after me? In fact, we're going to say it out loud all together as an act of support. Dear Jesus, I open up my heart to you. Thank you for your love and for your grace. Thank you for coming so far to live a perfect life, to die an unjust death, to overcome sin and death so that you could accept me today. Help me now to live by your spirit. Amen. Come on, can you put your hands together for all the people? Come on who lifted theirs. Wow. That is so cool. If you lifted your hand at the end of this gathering, I would love to meet you personally. I know there are some next steps, so the Reverend Dr. Bishop Rachel will be up in a few moments' time to explain where to from here. Come on, we're pumped about your jump, but we're committed to your journey. And so let us serve you as you start this walk with Jesus. Come on, finally, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around in a judgmental manner. (laughs) I like to mix things up a little bit. But I do this seriously because the Bible says, God opposes the proud but gives grace to the humble. And there's nothing as humbling as saying, I need help with people watching. So I'm just trying to activate a promise from heaven for your life right now. And if you know that this word was a word legit just for you today, and you walked into a heavenly, beautiful buzzsaw, and you know that God wants to, come on, restore your joy. Come on, if you know you've lost it, if you know you've been lacking it, if you know your home is needing it, with every eye open and every head raised and everyone looking around, if that's you, Would you allow me to knit faith with you and believe that your joy, come on, is going to get restored? So with everyone looking around, if that's you, just put your hand up where you are. High in the sky. See? See? See, you're not alone. Come on, keep them lifted. Keep them lifted. Come on, it's early in the day, so your deodorant is holding, all right? Just keep your hands lifted. Let's just pray this together out loud. Jesus, restore my joy. Help me feel your presence every day. Help me look through the lens of gratitude. And I make a decision not to run away, but to run to you. I trust in you. Restore my joy. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. One minute and then we're done. Pastor Rachel, come here. Can I just say one thing? I just need to say one thing. All weekend long, I've had this just bubbling in my spirit. That a kingdom-hearted, faith-filled, Spirit 
driven and genuinely multicultural church like Wave Church is more important than ever. And I feel the Holy Spirit telling you that there is fresh wind. There are new mercies. There's unique and never experienced before provision for this house. And you're coming into a new season of favor. A new season of favor for your families. A new season of favor for your youth ministry. A new season of favor for your young adult work. There's going to be a creativity that flows. New songs are going to come out of this house that are going to sound like this part of the world. And people far away from Jesus will find a beautiful, familiar tune as they find themselves praising Jesus before they knew they were praising Jesus. Albums will be written. Conferences will grow. Books and resources will be released. But I challenge you, as big as this grows, as wide as God's grace flows, make sure that this simple gospel message of a God who loved us so much, He would come and find us and speak life and hope and peace and joy into our days. Make sure that this simple gospel message is always the center point to which you return. May it be like a campfire you always find yourself warming yourself by. And by the grace of God in the days ahead, may many thousands of people in this slice of America find space around that campfire as well. God bless.